0: Welcome back to the Cordell & Cordell and Men's Divorce podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner of Cordell & Cordell. We continue to bring you uh, the latest, some information, some talking points, educational tips, for guys before, during, and after divorce with all things regarding family law. Not just COVID-related, but really divorce-related, modifications, paternities, contempts, you name it. And today is no different. Uh, But before we get started and introduce uh, our guest, uh, keep in mind that this is not to be taken as an attorney-client relationship, you know. If you're a continued fan of this, I always warn. Just to make sure we're on the same page here, this is educational, informational. We want you to take these as talking points and. And if you're looking for an attorney, find one that practices exclusively in family law. That's, I think, among of the most important things to do is someone that's familiar with it, as we are. And obviously, we have offices around the country, including the United Kingdom. And if you want an appointment, you can find us on the web at CordellCordell.com, or you can reach us at 866-DADS-LAW. We're happy to do a virtual uh, using Zoom or FaceTime, uh, telephonic, or we can do it in person where appropriate, keeping in mind your health and safety. So give us a call. We'll walk you through those steps, let you know what's available in your area, and obviously uh, meet your preference and your needs. So let's get started, Mark. Welcome, Uh, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Scott, thanks for having me.
0: So today, we're gonna talk about GAL. You often hear, now that term isn't universal, there's always variances around the country, child advocate, uh, whatever it may be, a court-appointed advocate. Um, but GAL, guardian ad litem, we, you know, guys who have kids uh, may hear this thrown about not really truly knowing what they do, uh, states, it depends on the different state, obviously. But I think generally when you're referring to these GALs, they have a common theme, a common meaning, and they have a common purpose in cases. So we'll start out, you are trained as a guardian, is that right? That's correct. So let's maybe just start here let's start by explaining to guys who are listening what it is, uh, what it means for them, and then we 'll kind of go through kind of how it works, what they're supposed to do, how they're appointed, kind of their capacity, their limitations, those types of things.
1: Great, well, Scott, I think the most important thing to remember is that when we have children uh, in these divorce cases, that by far is the most important asset of the case and Oftentimes we have two parties that are sort of competing against each other in terms of what they may believe is in the child's best interest. So we know that our judges and our magistrates, as much as maybe they would like to, uh, they can't be uh, the foot soldiers that actually go out and interview uh, teachers and look at uh, doctors' notes and the such. So what we do is we appoint really a third party who's totally disinterested from either uh, party per se, and they are coming in slowly to do a job uh, that looks only after the best interest of the child. So each state is a little different. Uh, here in the state of Ohio, we reference them as guardian ad litems. I've heard uh, child advocates, uh, so on and so forth. So. It's a very important job, um, and in most states, it requires a lot of training uh, in, in order to become a guardian ad litem. And most guardians, almost everyone that I know, um, really takes the job beyond serious. And uh, because it is, it, it is the, probably the most important component of the entire case is, is is what the guardian is going to investigate and what the what the guardian is going to recommend. So it's it's very important to understand the importance of the guardian when you are entering your own uh, custody case.
0: Yeah. And it could be. And I think when we talk about guardians in general, we've kind of glossed over the subject in podcasts before in, and, and, you know, in the 24 weeks we've been doing this. And it's, for me, it's, it can be a weapon that's for you and against you. I mean, you could deploy this weapon and it could be used against you. And it's very, um, it's one in which I would say to clients, don't flippantly just go in saying, "Yeah, oh, give me a guardian and not understand what could or couldn't happen. I mean, first and foremost, the question I get is, and I'll have you answer is, is this gonna cost me? Tell me what this is gonna cost me, right? And so there is a charge, right? That's correct. Every jurisdiction is a little different. Uh,
1: in, in most cases, uh, most of the jurisdictions here in Ohio, the fees for the guardian are split proportionally between the parties uh, oftentimes it's 50 50 but you know let's say you have a situation where one of the parties makes a hundred thousand uh and the other one makes uh thirty thousand a year so then that might be a situation where the court will say there's going to be a 70 30 split uh in other jurisdictions uh and, and i think that gets to your point scott uh it shouldn't just be something perhaps that that we just flippantly uh tell our uh, uh, our attorney that we want a guardian, because in some jurisdictions, especially here in Ohio, the initial deposit um, is incumbent to be paid upon the party that is initially requesting the guardian ad litem. Um, and usually these uh, deposit fees can be anywhere from $1,500 to $2,500 uh, that have to be paid upfront by the requesting party, obviously subject to further reallocation uh, down the road. Uh, but in, in all cases, um, it's, it's, it's the responsibility of at least one of the parties, in, in most cases, both parties, uh, to pay for this, uh, this third party. Uh, in most cases, they are attorneys uh, who are going to be brought in um, to really serve as the eyes and the ears of the court. And that's another uh, very important point is uh, you want to make sure that you pay your guardian ad litem. That's one of the easiest ways totally. to get uh, behind early on is by not paying the fee.
0: You imagine, yeah, you, you know, if someone who's going to make a recommendation. I want to talk about that in a second. Uh, you haven't paid them. I imagine they might be just a little bit influenced when you, you owe them some money. So it's a good point. That's why I want to talk about you know, what is this going to cost me because uh, they got to be committed. If you're going to do it be committed to paying them and making sure you stay on their side so let me talk about that maybe i say it's an awesome power and that's why i think some of them take it so seriously as they should is that they are employed and we'll talk about what to expect from them to make a recommendation to the court regarding custody right that's correct so these judges um and in my experience in missouri uh, and illinois and georgia uh, when these advocates, these guardians, these they make, you know, they make a recommendation, absent something that just goes horrifically wrong in terms of the recommendation, which not based on fact or evidence or law, judge is gonna follow pretty much what this guardian suggests as a recommendation, maybe with some tweaks, but that's why I say they have this incredible power in your case and that's why it's very important to understand number one, what they do, do you need them and when you get them, Understand what you can do. So, maybe you can comment a little bit about that power that they have.
1: I totally agree with you. And we have the same experience here in Ohio. Uh, I, I would say, you know, 95 to 99% of cases that I've uh, been involved with, whether or not I was the attorney or whether I was the guardian, uh, th- that the court pretty much is going to rubber stamp uh, what the guardian has come up with as far as a recommendation so long as all of the you know the proper rules are followed here in Ohio we have uh, a rule of superintendence that really uh, details what our role is and our tasks are as the guardian and so it is very important to understand the uh, the relevance of of the guardian to the case and the power that they do uh, that they do have and in most cases i find that our judges and our magistrates, um, they care deeply about uh, what the guardian is saying because they trust the guardian. And if there is going to be, you know, um, perhaps a situation where a guardian is consistently maybe being questioned uh, about their uh, the, their ability to do the job and so on and so forth, uh, then our our systems are set up to have the guardians actually maybe taken off the list for a while uh, if they have too many cases and can't do that, and so on and so forth. So I agree with you totally. It's a very, very important person in the case, and it's very important that each person going in that has a guardian is properly uh, prepared and really knows how to interact with the guardian.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, you think about this, judges don't like to make waves. Um, And a lot of them don't. I mean, it's a very, imagine having to make very critical decisions about who's going to have custody or who's going to have limited contact, you know, drastically changing a family dynamic. And that's a, that's a tough job. So judges welcome a third party neutral where they don't necessarily hear, you know, job of a lawyer is to tell a story. And so judges have an obligation to cut through all those stories to find out really the truth. And that's oftentimes difficult. And so I think in my experience, judges around the country love the idea of a guardian because they don't have to make that decision. And, you know, absent something crazy where the guardians, you know, makes kind of goes off the rails. That's kind of the danger of a guardian. It can work against you. It can work for you. And I think it's very risky at times. If you're a guy that's uh, let's say, you know, Mark, you and I meet with someone and we say, look, your chances are outstanding. You know, you've been the primary caretaker, you've been at home, you know, mom's been at work, I don't see any reason, you don't have any issues. To me, there'd be no reason to request a guardian at that point, unless you have a chance to to lose what you think, get worse than what you have. And so it's kind of the reason I want to talk about this. I think it's a value is not only preparation, which we want to transition to next, but is Having a conversation with your attorney about the need and the necessity for something, because I always try to paint the picture. You walk in the courtroom, uh, you have you and your attorney at a table, you have your your spouse and attorney at a table, and now what you're throwing in is this third party. And that third party typically doesn't sit in the middle, they're going to find themselves on one side or the other. And that visually, think about that. If you do something without in, in you don't know, prepare, you do something wrong and you don't pay them, now they're across the table, they seem aligned with your spouse, and now you're not just fighting one attorney, you're fighting, fighting two to try to convince a judge that two people are wrong and you're right. And, it, and it's just a very difficult situation that of anything in family law, be careful what you ask for, because the, the, you know, the result can be just devastating, right? Yeah, I
1: totally agree. Not every case that involves children needs a guardian ad litem. And I think that there is sometimes a rush in cases to get a guardian appointed right out the shoot. And it's before, quite honestly, w- both sides have even really explored perhaps how far apart or how close they are. So I totally agree with you. I think I think oftentimes more than not, Uh, the decision for guardian is made sometimes a little bit abruptly um, from from the onset of the case wherein if just perhaps a little bit of uh, consideration and diligence goes into uh, the thought process you could be in a situation where you you may not need a a guardian ad litem because exactly like you said there's always a risk and i i come back to what uh uh, a saying that, that that I learned from you, Scott, actually, and and that is that there's no winners in divorce. There's just multiple degrees of losing, and I think uh, that's that's very true. I mean, in, in anything we do, I mean, the fact that we have to go into a situation where we may have to bring a third party in to make decisions yeah. that are going to directly impact um, our relationships with our children and so on and so forth. Um, is, is just inherently sort of a, a losing situation for, for for both parents. So it really does make sense for the attorneys involved in the case to get together, figure out how far apart uh, both parties' stances are. Is there a middle ground uh, before we have to really get involved with a guardian ad litem?
0: And I think it's interesting. Uh, I was talking to someone about medicine. And he, you know, in the same in regards to recommendations in law, You're not required to do everything your doctor says. You know, I I always talk about, you know, intentionally question your physician. Why? What will this do? What are the side effects? What if I didn't do this? And similarly with your lawyer. I mean, that's why I always like in, in medicine and law. In some regards, the same. We're trying to heal you of something. You know, a bad marriage or cancer, right? I mean, yes, it's hard to compare those two, but the point is, is that just because a judge throws out in the middle of a settlement conference or a status conference, hey, let's get a guardian. You don't have to, and I mean, there are certain triggers. Missouri, it's any allegation of abuse or neglect, it's automatic. So you gotta be careful when you make allegations because you're gonna put yourself into a guardian situation. But absent that, you necessarily don't need to take it if it's in one of convenience, whereas you suggest judges may tend to just want a guardian. and I know particularly of a judge in this area that suggests a guardian in every single custody case because they don't want to make the decision. And uh, call it lazy. I think it is. I mean, look, just take the evidence where it goes. So that's the point, I think, it's just question everything, prepare, find out what's right for you, go through each case and, and or each instance of facts and what's going to help and what's going to hurt.
1: For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now.
0: What should guys do uh, in preparation for meeting with a guardian? Maybe kind of go through a little bit of that. What What's important uh, in terms of getting ready for that first meeting?
1: Well, most guardians will sign out a data sheet. And the data sheet really is sort of your blank canvas because this, this is going to include all of your biographical information, but it's also going to include, for example, every important witness – that you believe the guardian should have some interaction with whether that's your parents your brothers your sisters um friends who 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 observe you and so on and so forth so uh you want to make sure that it's a very deliberate thought in terms of just who you're putting down uh on that paper for the guardian to uh interview you want to make sure that that person is going to say the right things about you um And oftentimes we have situations where, you know, look, let's face it, uh, you know, two two people are married, they have mutual friends, uh, and, you know, they they all sudden announce they're going to be divorced. And we may not know who, uh, you know, either of those uh, mutual friends are going to side with, so on and so forth. So it's a very important first step is to make sure that you are filling out that uh, GAL data sheet. And reviewing that with your attorney, I think that's very important as well, uh, just to make sure that you haven't forgotten anything. Um, Second of all, uh, I think it's very important to have and request that your attorney really prepare you for uh, the first meeting. Uh, I know here in Ohio, I do a lot of uh, mock GAL interviews uh, with with our clients here to get them really prepared. It's it's well worth uh, an hour of time and I think it's, it, it really puts the, uh, the client at ease, really, because they don't understand what the guardian's all about, perhaps. And it, it's a great opportunity to really fill what type of uh, issues uh, to really discuss with the guardian and really just bring a sense of calmness and being prepared, knowing that, that uh, the guardian's a very important person, that they're, they're there to sort of be truth and fact finders themselves. Um, so, you, you know, you don't wanna over embellish a story and you don't wanna under exaggerate things also that, that, that may warrant uh, the notification of the guardian as to really serious issues in the case.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think liken it to, I tell clients, hey, if there's an interview, you have a job that you really want, uh, you mentally prepare, you go through kind of what could they ask you, what do you wanna tell them about yourself? Um, Not that you're putting on a show or a facade, but you're preparing for something as perhaps uh, unimportant comparably, I mean, it's unimportant compared to your kids, right? The kids are everything, everything you, you know, that's the most important thing on the planet right now is your kids. So prepare, 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 and that includes, as you suggest, a mock interview. Um, knowing what you want to talk to the guardian about, you know, eliciting all of your positions, making sure they know the important facts, not forgetting something that is what may be looked at as, well, if it wasn't that important that you couldn't remember then why am I hearing it now? You know, this is the most important interview you will have because first impressions are everything. Judges do the same thing. They're going to look you up and down and make a conclusion about you, good or bad, right or wrong within the first five minutes. You know, it's, it's a, it's a bias. And, and they're going to do it. And so these guardians will do the same thing. You have an opportunity whether it be a 60-minute interview or meeting with that guardian to impress and to convince them that what you're saying is correct and the way it should be. <clears throat> so don't as, as you suggest, set a meeting with your attorney, sit down, go through practice. Let's talk about what there is, what they're going to what are they going to ask you? I mean, I always and I mean you can comment and then we'll wrap up is I know most of these guardians, and I know their history. I know kind of what they like to do. I know what they where they lean. I know the direction that they're going to go. I know what they may ask you. I know what really upsets them, kind of based on history of the cases that I've had. so uh, you know I'll let you have this last word here on on that issue.
1: No, I totally agree, and every every guardian's a little different, but uh you know just it's it's something as, as being as prepared to know, for example, you know what's what's your child's favorite color what, what what's your child's favorite movie or you know something like that that they're into you'd be surprised uh the amount of people that perhaps don't know these these very basic uh type of important details uh that you should really know about so uh each guardian is different and i think every I, you know anyone who is um, practicing family law should know, as you said, they should they should know the guardians that they're u- utilizing. They should know their strengths, and in, in, in terms of their client, and turn, in, in dealing with what a guardian uh, in any particular situation uh, may ask or not ask, and so that comes down to the preparation. So, yeah, uh, you know, just just be prepared and um, and make sure that you are detailing things with your attorney so that you are prepared because I think that is the key to the case. The guardian has an important role and probably the most important role uh, of any of the participants in the whole litigation.
0: It is, and I mean, it's knowledge, understanding. I mean, I think one of the reasons we do these podcasts and have been doing it for the entire duration of COVID is to let guys understand the process, the players, uh, it's like uh, you know having someone watch a football game or a baseball game for the very first time not knowing the rules how they score it would be less in- interesting if you had no idea what it meant when they crossed the goal line you're like well what does that mean i mean when you know it's fourth and one on the one you know what's uh, at risk you know or you know or what's to gain here that's the point know the rules know the players uh, know the potential and the possibilities, the likelihoods, and so great, Mark. Really good stuff today to really explain to guys out there what this GAL mystery is because it, it, we just don't talk enough about it, so thanks for joining and enlightening guys listening. Thanks, Scott. It was my pleasure. Well, we'll continue to bring you uh, hot topics with uh, diving as deep as we can in the 20 minutes that we have with you each uh, week uh, and things like this. So. Again, if you want to reach out and have more questions for Mark, you can reach us at 866-DADSLAW, set up a consultation, or with one of our other Cordell and Cordell attorneys around the country, including in the UK. You can also find us on the web at Cordell Cordell. Uh, social media, you can find us there, and also our YouTube uh, channel where we have podcasts there as well as our virtual town hall. We have one coming up in September where you can log in, ask questions live of our Cordell and Cordell panel of attorneys, you'll get answers right then, right there. So go ahead and find us on the web, register for that virtual town hall coming up in September and continue to tune into our podcast that we hold twice each week. Until next time, have a great week.